0: sought-after dog trainer, Walker Ruffinor. How are you today, Walker? Salut!
1: I'm doing well. How are you doing?
0: (laughs) I'm doing pretty well. Well, today's Her Story lesson is taking us back in time and halfway around the world. You get to listen to me butcher some names as we learn about the woman known as the Sikh Joan of Arc, Mata Bag Kaur, a.k.a. my bago.
1: It sounds like a trip. Let's do it. Let's. I'm buckled in.
0: Do it. Mata was born in 1666 in the ancestral village of Jabal Kalan, which is the present-day Amritsar district of Punjab in the Maja region in the north. She was the daughter of Bai Malo Shah, a member of Guru hargo <laughs> Hargobind's army and the granddaughter of Bai Pero Shah. He was the younger brother of Bai Langa, the famous chief of 84 villages that converted the Sikh during the Guru Arjan era. He was the fifth Sikh guru. These are so hard for me. I'm, I'm trying <laughs> so, so I know, hard. I know, I, know. I know you are. She had two brothers, Dilbag Singh and Bag Singh. Their father trained them as well as mata in shastra vidya or training in arms. Now listen guys, I know that was a whole lot of names and a lot of repeating names, but from now on there's only like a couple. So if you're if you're trying to visualize you can pretty much abandon a good amount of what I just told you. So that's nice <laughs> that her dad
1: did that for her Yeah,
0: life. that she she was also part of being trained yeah. with her brothers. I love that. I think that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Now, when she was young, she married Nigan Sig Warike of Patti. I'm so sorry, everyone. I'm trying so hard. <laughs> there isn't a whole lot known about the early years of her life, but the Battle of Muksar. On December 29th 1705 solidified her place in her story. Huh. Before we talk about the battle we have to talk a little bit about who was fighting and why. This battle featured the Sikhs and the Mughals. Okay, Aurangzeb angered the Sikhs when he executed the ninth Sikh guru, Guru Tegh Bahudar, Bahadur, sorry, Bahadur, along with five of his followers because they refused to embrace Islam. So naturally, the Sikh turned violent against the Mughals. In 1705, the Mughal chiefs surrounded an area called Anandpur Sahib, Sahib, yes, I believe, and attempted to capture the current guru. Led by Wazir Khan, under the orders of the Emperor Arangzeb, they demanded that it be evacuated and they stopped provisions for food. They announced that any Sikh who would say that he or she is not anymore a Sikh of Guru Gobind would be left untouched and that the others would be, quote, done to death. Forty Sikhs told the Guru that they were no longer his guru gobind responded by declaring that they had to write a document and sign it that said quote we are not your sikhs anymore fair enough i feel like you know when you make somebody put something in writing yeah it gets a little more real yeah mata was a staunch sikh by birth and upbringing and when she learned that some of the Sikhs had divert- deserted the guru under adverse conditions, she openly criticized and taunted them. They were, of course, ashamed. She sought after these men, now called Chali Mukta, and convinced them to apologize for leaving Anandpur Sahib when it was under attack.
1: That's nice of her to stand up. I agree. Someone someone needed to, and I'm glad that was her.
0: Yeah, she was like,
1: I'm going to call you
0: out because you're being ridiculous. Mata decided to take them to the Guru to seek permission to be reinstated as Sikhs. At this point, the Guru had been fleeing from the Mughal forces since the attack on Anandpur. They found him near Malva, which, if my research is correct is about 600 miles from Anandpur. Mata and the men stopped near the Dab, which is the pool, of Kudrana right when they saw that an imperial army was about to attack the Guru. It seems as though fate had given the men a second chance to redeem themselves to their Guru. On December ninth, 1705, Mata led the 40 men headlong into the Mughal forces 10,000 strong. That's Yes,
1: fierce warrior queen.
0: Right, she is fierce. She was ready.
1: She was ready to throw down. She mm. was ready to battle for, you mm. know, the mm. inju- you know, battle against the injustices. Yeah.
0: And they inflicted enough damage that they were able to force the Mughals to give up on their attack and retreat into the woods. This is basically like 40 against 10,000 and they were just so relentless. The guru watched the battle from a nearby hill and rained down arrows on the Mughal fighters and rode down to the battlefield after it was finished. Mata fought with a keski around her hair sported the Khalsa uniform, and used Kirpin fighting, making her the first woman in the history of Punjab to fight on the battlefield.
1: Nice. Isn't
0: that so cool? That,
1: that's very impressive. That feels impressive. kind
0: of late that's in very existence. impressive, though. So. But crazy. She was
1: a skilled warrior, I'm sure, if she was the first one like that. To,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: To be in that position. Wow.
0: So... Let me tell you what a keski is. So a keski is a small turban, normally worn underneath the main turban. Um, and the Kalsa uniform was a bright blue robe adorned with a gold sash. And kirpan fighting refers to a sword, um, to a sword, wow, to a sword or a dagger of any size and shape carried by Sikhs. Just so you can kind of picture yeah, all for of it. Yeah, the So picture Thank you very this much. woman yeah. on a horse in a blue robe, Majestic. gold sash. Yeah, with her with weapon. her weapon yeah. and her turban, and she's just she was
1: ready to throw down. She was ready to fight
0: it mm-hmm. and
1: looking stylish while she did it too. Exactly. That's, that's, the point. that's what you do.
0: <laughs> As the guru approached the battlefield, he noticed that there wasn't much movement coming from his soldiers all except for mata Baghkur died from injuries incurred in the battle
1: uh-huh.
0: when the guru saw that it was the 40 men who had initially abandoned them he declared that all was forgiven when someone dies fighting for their faith or religion that person is called a shaheed the chali muktas were deemed shaheeds the guru blessed the shari or liberated ones, that what that's what that translates to. And then he took into care Mata. Mata stayed with Guru Gobind Singh ji as one of his bodyguards. <laughs> it would seem more that she took him into her care. <laughs> she carried a large lance, a hundred and two pounds, Ugh. and a musket in full warrior attire, which was traditionally male attire.
1: A musket and a lance.
0: Yeah, a hun- at, an over. At the same 100 time, <laughs> I can't I
1: imagine. Saying. Do you imagine those guys in the Civil War holding those big, and m- now those big and guns with like here the with a lance on the tip <laughs> too? And She's like dual wielding, like two <laughs> she, long. She's
0: like, come at Ranged on me. weapon. Bring it on. <laughs> or,
1: two long weapons. Yeah, yeah that's ridiculous. Yeah.
0: Mata was one of a few Sikhs who accompanied the Guru on his journey to Nanded. After the Guru died in 1708, she retired to Jinvara, immersed herself in meditation, and lived to a ripe old age, though I could not find any further details on her death. It is said that the Battle of Muktsar was the moment when the Mughal finally relented their pursuit of Guru Gobind Singh. I didn't go into detail about the journey that the Guru took after the tragic fall of Anandpur Sahib, but it was a treacherous and lengthy journey and his energy was beginning to drain. Mata's decision to lead these men into battle, even though so much was certain to be lost, was crucial. They were able to make the journey to Nanded to establish a final center of worship before he passed. They did so relatively unscathed by the Mughal. Sikhi, as it is practiced today, is a direct result from Guru Gobind Singh's instruction at Nanded. Hmm. So, had she not led those men into that battle, right. kind of giving the Guru a minute to rest <laughs> from fleeing from being, I mean, he was about to die. Had she not had the courage to lead these men and the charisma to lead them, literally seek as it is practiced today would not exist because he would not have made it to non-dead to create the final worship center where the instructions for the rest of the religion were fully given so
1: you're saying where would we be without women yes you're saying we need women before now and after yes okay that I'll, is that's that's what I thought you were saying yeah. I just needed to make sure <laughs> that's what I thought it was you were saying. Yeah, okay.
0: Mata's heroism helped not only those 40 men in regaining their honor, but she helped to protect the future of the Sikh community. The hut that Mata lived in in her final years in Janvara, in Janvara was converted into Gudvara Tap Azvan, my bongo, which translates to... Shrine of the Place of Meditation of Matabanga. That
1: sounds really nice.
0: I know. Now I want to go. Mm. In Nanded, a hall within the compound of Tak Sakhand Sri Hazur Sabah Sahib, there is a plaque that marks her site of residence. Quote, Bunga Mai Bago. Mohan Singh Jethdar, of Hazur, in 1788, built a bunga, which is a war tower, Mm -hmm. in memory of Manta. The BBC featured her as one of the three, quote, most badass women in history.
1: Okay, BBC.
0: Right? That's what I said. The others being Ching Shi, the Chinese pirate queen, who we covered in episode four, and Jeanette Rankin, the first woman to hold a high office in the U.S. Congress.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: I'm okay. like, okay, BBC, I think we need to watch whatever this was.
1: Or they've been watching us. They've you know, watching our <laughs> moves. They're like, Ching Shi. we should do a thing about her.
0: <laughs> she has been revered as a saint warrior by the Sikh nation for over 300 years.
1: That's impressive.
0: What a woman. To champion and then lead deserters instead of casting them aside is a skill on its own.
1: Queen with a crown
0: of <laughs> the crown. Yeah. I
1: feel like, you know, a lot of these um a lot of these stories that we talk about, you know, it just kind of shows that we, a lot of women do get recognition and, you know, it's very unique in in the form of like the the War Tower mm-hmm. or uh, you know, um the Postal Service with Bessie Coleman. Yeah. But um they definitely it almost feels like the recognition happens not too late, but it takes... It, it just seems like it takes a long time for their their names to be kind of recognized in the you annals know? of history. Yeah. And for, I guess, m- m- you know, uh, these sort of organizations to create this sort of...
0: Um, Platform? Showcase?
1: Pla- um, I, I guess. Content?
0: Memorials? Yeah, these
1: memorials. Th- these memorials and, like... Just all the forms of, um...
0: Recognition. Yeah,
1: just all the forms of recognition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just feels like it it comes really late.
0: It does. Um, And it's also interesting because I feel like it also zeroes in on on the ones that everyone knows. Like, going back to, like, um... Victoria Woodhull was instrumental in the women's suffrage movement, but no one really knows about her we all know susan b anthony yeah. and Ida B. wells yeah but there's there's women it's like there's a picking and choosing mm-hmm. of of who's gonna be celebrated yeah, and they just kind of history. throw the other people aside right and i wonder if they're like no we already have a a, a, a woman warrior we sure. don't need another one right. or we already have um a Woman pilot. We don't need to over recognize others. Right. You know? I wonder if there's any sort of.
1: Um, Meanwhile, in textbooks, I mean, it, I just feel like you know, there's oh, like a male figure. Uh, they're like male figures that we learn about daily, and then oh, it'll be like the women. The women facts would just be like, like the women. You know, fig- it'd be like Thomas Jefferson's life, or like you know, just like something oh, like, yeah. kind of like indirectly related to history. But yeah. n- there's never really like. Mm-hmm. Those stories mm-hmm. that are being told. So. Absolutely. Well, anyway, that's why we're doing this. That's why we have to do this.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Again, come back this Friday for an interview with epilepsy researcher and doctoral can- doctoral candidate Annie Reyes. Woo! In this interview, Annie talks about how she ended up in epilepsy research, the best advice she ever received, and so much more.
1: Shouts out, Annie. <laughs>
0: The best thing you can do for us right now is to drop a rating and a review. It helps us grow so much. I promise I don't say it for my health.
1: <laughs> <That sounded laughs> she doesn't. <like> a <laughs> she doesn't.
0: I, I hate typing this part at the end of every episode. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode as well. And follow us on the social medias if you want a little extra inspiration and content daily. Couldn't hurt. On Twitter.
1: Stay educated. On Twitter. At the Her Story Pod.
0: Instagram.
1: At Women of Her Story Podcast. And
0: visit our website at.
1: Ofherstory.com.
0: Or shoot us an email to. Uh,
1: women of Her Story Podcast dot, uh, at gmail.com. <laughs> Women of Hair Story Podcast at gmail.com. There it is. Off the I'm not editing. Oh, freestyle,
0: <laughs> He's off book, guys. Boom. Boom. Until Friday. Be safe, stay healthy, and show the world what you're made of.
1: Bye. This is a New York glitch production. You are the worst. <laughs>